Hello. We are glad you found us. Please sit back, relax and enjoy the show. Welcome to When Life Attacks. Welcome to the show. I'm James Hamilton. I'm Travis McFalls. And uh, we were just listening to our good friends at Baby Island again. Baby Island again. Fuck yeah. The song you just heard was Table. Two weeks in a row and we're going to go another six. We're going another six because they only have eight tracks out right now. So that means Mark. Let's uh, let's get some new shit. Let's keep it rolling. Um, I love it because this, uh, this band actually, um, as you know, we interchange songs of the week you may or may not know i don't know um but we do um every other week it's my turn every other week it's jim's turn and we found a common ground with baby island we fucking love them we do they're awesome they're a band from another time in music where music was better in my opinion than it is today it was more i like instrument music more than i like manufactured yeah there's just yeah they're um they're just so great especially with um just summertime being summertime it's just fucking happy make you feel good shit and it's not make you feel good shit like prozac but it's just it's nice it's just nice beautiful music and um please do check them out baby island at bandcamp yes babyisland.bandcamp.com yeah please do check them out um because you're gonna be hearing a lot of them over the course of the next well at this point now six weeks yeah, we're going to go to the next six. They have eight tracks. We've got now played two. We've got six more in front of us. So you'll get a chance to hear a little bit of every song. And then if you like them, show them. Yeah, please do show them. And I'm still awaiting the cassette, Mark. A cassette? I still can't believe that you're going to play a cassette. I have. Well, I drive an O2, so it's uh, it's good like that. Like That's one of the reasons like I don't want to upgrade my car, because I love the fact that my car still has a tape deck in it. Yeah, it's crazy. I, even O2 seems... It seems like they hung on a little longer than they maybe should have. It's like a cusper, right? Right. Like it's on the cusp. But yeah, like that was like one of the things when I was buying the car. I saw it had a tape deck. I'm not going to lie. Like, what's the uh, MPGs on it? Oh, it's got a tape deck? Sold. I don't think that you could even buy a tape in a store in O2. No. Oh, God. No, no, no. Shit. By the mid-90s. Yeah, they were starting to die. They were gone. Yeah. I Early nineties prevalent, supp- and then not so much by the time you hit like ninety seven, and for sure. Oh, well, by ninety seven, it was gone. But I, I worked at record stores as a teenager; they were gone. For our younger listeners, do you want to describe a record store? <laughs> it's a store that has um, vinyl records. Um, those those things, those flat things that almost look like a plate. They're like, back now. The vinyl's back. What they wouldn't understand is maybe why you would go to a store to buy music in the first place, but they were the coolest things. The album art, the t-shirts, the posters. Oh, oh especially like the inner sleeve when you pull on. Yeah, the inner sleeve. Liner you, notes, yep. Yep, yep. I mean, that for me, that's that's why I would buy an album is just the whole package. Yeah. I remember as a kid, you know, you would put on an album and you would just listen to it and you would just stare at the fucking artwork and then... You would read the credits, and you would just lose yourself in that little world. And now it's what? Oh, oh, it's going to take me like a minute to download. Oh, okay, I got it. I listened to it. Next. Yeah. Music is probably the first place you really kind of start looking at entertainment as art. Right, right. And at the same time, though, the, the fact that stuff like that kind of died out and music became such a um, next, next, what have you done for me lately uh that it, it kind of made me like like I lost the muse. Mm. I lost the muse because uh I used to I, I thought I was gonna be a musician growing up. Uh, I attended uh summer sessions at Berkeley College of Music. I just thought that was gonna be my thing. I spent my entire twenties basically making music and um yeah I just got disillusioned when I, I realized like I, uh, it's 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 not what it was. 
And so for me to see someone like Mark doing what he's doing with Baby Island and putting out um, cassettes still mm-hmm. and doing, you know, like last week's show, you mentioned the artwork. You love the artwork on the album. And uh, for me, uh, that's just so inspiring. So please keep at it, Mark, and please give us some new stuff. Mark needs to look at things like Audio Jungle and some of these other places where you can both monetize your music commercially and get it out there so a lot of people can hear it. There's a lot of ways to distribute music today beyond the YouTube and the you know, hoping Target carries your cassette in the top 25. I mean, there's there's more. There is, but I think Mark's doing what Mark's doing, and I think Mark likes what he's doing. So I, I don't know. I'm not, what the fuck am I saying? I'm like, I'm speaking for Mark. I'm not going to speak for another person, but. Not like you're speaking for Mark. You're speaking for Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I am speaking. I'm sorry, Mark. I'm not going to, I'm going to stop speaking for you right now. Um, I have a Danif update. You do have a Danif update. I do. So last week we had Danif in the recording studio, and people could hear it growl and kind of groaning. And it was kind of, you know, cute Uh, It was snoring Snoring, right? And it was fucking adorable I remember there was like a minute in the podcast Like I looked over you I got fucking jealous I was like, man, I want a fucking puppy on my lap It was cute and docile, right? Super mellow Oh, she was so sweet She was such a sweet Like I said, I when you handed her to me I was just like, oh Like I I melted a little So I uh, had taken her to the vet earlier that day And I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast or not But she had some bumps on her head and so I had called when I had gotten back in town on Monday for a morning appointment on Tuesday. They didn't think it was too much to be concerned about, but I was really concerned about it. So I was sort of pushing the envelope. So yeah. on Wednesday, after our podcast, I was going in to get a biopsy for her. I wanted them to look at them, and I wanted to know what they were. What exactly is a biopsy? Take a little tissue sample. Okay. And they test it, and they, that way you know for sure what you're dealing with, because it seemed like she had acne in her head, kind of. Right, yeah. I saw the bumps, yeah. Creepy, right? I, I, don't, want, I don't want people to want to like pet her, not be like Well, I still pet her head. I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't help but resist. I, I, I still patted her head. I, adorable fucking puppy, man. We get her into the vet and on the table on Wednesday morning, and she is so tired. She just laid down, and the vet's kind of talking to me about her, and I said, you know... She didn't really eat a lot the night before, and she hasn't eaten a lot this morning, and she hasn't drank a lot. And they like put their fingers in her mouth, and she sort of had a dry mouth. And they recommended to me, well, why don't we keep her for the afternoon and just keep a... a just monitor. Yeah, I don't, we don't want to give her anything or put her under for this biopsy. We just kind of want to check her out. Yeah. So about 2.30, they'd run all of the tests on her that they were going to run. And I'm kind of cheap about vets. You know, They can run the bill up fast. Yeah. And we went to a place in Elko, Minnesota called the Pet Stop. And it's a really, really cool little veterinarian that I had found in town. And I've given her all kinds of hell with my pets over the years because I'm I'm always, you know, do we really need that test? Is there a way we could just treat her since the test, whether it's negative or positive, will be this or that? Kind of like me going to the Minute Clinic with my Lyme. Exactly the same way. We shop the same way for healthcare. I for pets, you for yourself. Yes. So uh, she's, I'm sure in their files it's noted this guy's sort of a dick. So, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so she called me and she's like, uh, all of the tests are negative, but we can't get her to go potty. You know, number two, they want to take a stool sample. And so we're trying to get her to eat. We're going to, do you mind if we force feed her a little bit so that we can get her system moving? I was like, you know, fine. It's no big deal. Yeah. It isn't 35 minutes later they call me and they said, we have really bad news for you. And I said, oh, God, what? She said, your puppy has parvo. It's the parvo virus. I said, well, what the hell is parvo? I thought she had gotten the the parvo shot at her, you know, her breeder. Yeah. Well, she did, but if she had any way nursed or maybe, um, well, we found something other than the parvo virus. We found that she had a urinary tract infection and we found out that she had something else wrong with her. Lady parts, and if she was really, her immune system was really, really down, and she got the parvo shot, that necessarily wouldn't immunize her from parvo. So you're gonna have to re-immunize her. Well, um, so this was Wednesday, Uh and she said, uh, she said, why don't you look around and see who can help you out? Mm -hmm. And my vet's name's Doctor Whitney, and I said, okay. Uh, So I started looking around, and she said she's gonna need overnight care, and she's gonna need intensive care. And anytime I hear ICU or intensive care, I think big dollars. Yeah. And I started texting you. I'm like, dude, puppy is in trouble. 
Yeah, yeah. And then I had the same response to you. What the fuck is Parvo? Yeah, and I... I you were just like, yeah, you, you clearly had shit on your mind because you were just like, dude, just fucking look it up. And it was bad, right? Yeah. Like 91% chance if the dog doesn't get treatment, it dies. 91%. Yeah. And with treatment, 25 to 30% chance the dog still dies. Yeah, And it's going to spend um, at least two days in ICU, uh, up to 14 days. And how much is that running you a day? So I called a couple of local clinics. So uh, Elko, in relationship to the city, is probably about 20 to 30 miles from downtown Minneapolis. North, south, east, west. South of it. South, okay. And Savage is probably where I live, is like more like 20 minutes south. Okay, so it's about like a 10-minute drive. Yeah, not a, not a, big, not a deal, big deal, but kind of out in the country. And um, so I was calling places near me, more in you know a suburb or two south of Minneapolis, and we're talking thousand dollars a night for ICU care plus medication plus whatever tests they come out with. Uh, some of the places told me to budget for six thousand. Some places <sighs> told me to budget for ten thousand. I couldn't budget for that. Well, I paid a thousand for the Danif, mm-hmm. and we were going to get a King Corso, which we talked about in the show. That's yeah. scary. That well, was a thirty-six hundred dollar dog or a twenty-five hundred dollar dog. I can't remember. We had so many different prices for yeah. so many different breeds. And uh, she came to me and she said, well, you need to prepare for at least $500. And I don't know how bad this is going to get. And, I, you know, do you want to save this puppy? So I call the breeder. And basically the breeder's position is this. You bought the dog from us. Send us the vet records. You can send us back the dog and we'll give you money, which we couldn't do because the dog would die on the trip. Yeah. Plus you can't send a parvo dog through. Male. Well, yeah. I mean, you 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 would cause potentially other pets to have a problem, right? Because it's super, super easy to contract. Yep. Very, very bad deal. And or we could put the euthanize the dog, and they'd send us back a thousand dollars. That's a that's not a good choice. Like, like that's a tough decision. Yeah, and there are people that would have elected to euthanize the dog, get their money back, and just go on about their way. But I traveled out to Ohio to get her with my pop. Yeah, you had a great trip, and then, I mean, you were just sitting in here the day before doing a show with her just snoring on your lap. I mean, I'm already endeared to her. I don't want to see her go. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, My wife is a fighter. Yeah. And so that was, it was saver. Got to save the puppy. So I call the clinic back, and I said, uh, well, we want to save her. And she's like, well, we could potentially save her here. We've had six Parvo puppies and none have died. Well, so you're batting a thousand. So I'm excited. Yeah. Um, we had a gal. Now I want to get their names right. I, I brought their names. So at the pet stop, we had a big team of people helping us. You're going to hear me dig through my pockets here real quick. <laughs> From the pet stop, and we had uh, a technician, Britt Baran, and her sister, Krista um, Corvalli, and their daughters, Lily and Brianne literally sleeping on a cement floor or a cot with puppy four out of the last five nights. Damn. That's dedication. Puppy literally on its own little dedicated puppy pad in the middle of the room. And puppy had to sleep on the cot. If you've seen the pictures (laughs) that we tweeted, puppy had to sleep on cot. She did, and I, I brought. And that's a, the nurse's cot. That's the that that cot was for the nurse. So the nurse had to sleep on the fucking floor. And Doctor Whitney allowed me to set something up with the technicians for the overnight care, so that I could keep the bill lower. Yeah. And so the actual bill from them, I, you can see it right there. Oh wow! So that was for, and that's for all this stuff, right? I've got pages of it's stuff insane. I'm showing yeah. Travis. Yeah, the, it's um a lot lower than what we had initially said that we thought it would be yeah i mean we really could have gotten you know you could have yeah yeah yeah. you could have had the screws taken to you on that and so i probably paid about 600 bucks for the overnight care and i paid uh this other uh 1100 for all the medications and they you know they get you i i really don't think that the pet stop made a whole lot of money on helping us with no and what were what were their names one more time uh we have brit buran or Buren, I hope I say your name right. I'm sorry if I didn't. Krista uh, Kuvali, Lily, and Brianna, as well as Dr. Whitney. And I gave them a really good review on Google Plus and their and, local clinic. And I'm going to give them a good review right now. That I'm Just from hearing about it, that that is amazing. I don't know that I would have done that. Like, I'm kind of, you know, fuck you, that's my cot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
Um, that's fucking dedication. Like that's that's loving your job. That's doing your fucking job. So fucking kudos to them. They were awesome. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Uh, they listened to our show while they were taking care of the puppies. Oh God, the puppies. So they they had listened in with themselves and their animals. file and listened to our explicit show. <laughs> Those poor animals. Uh, they had. They, they were, were very probably nice. like, please take me off life support. <laughs> they they liked the show actually. Um, huh. But uh, so we brought Puppy home this morning, and now I posted a video on Twitter showing her bound around. And she's doing better. I, I haven't I haven't checked the Twitter feed you yet. See today. her really bad in a short video that I had sent my wife. Oh, she was down and out. And then you see her bouncing around in our front foyer here today. So it was. Uh, Is she barking again? Yeah, she's totally different. Like the two videos are crazy different. Yeah, yeah, that was that was. That was just miserable. Like you would just keep sending me these shots, and I'm at work. Yeah, and like I'd be like, really? Do I do I need to get more depressed? They were depressing. <laughs> You're right. So I actually at one point was texting Obi One, and I was like, I know these are kind of maybe a little inappropriate. Do you want me to stop sending them? Because he was following kind of what was going on with the dog, and at one point I was like. Maybe I shouldn't send these. <laughs> like I said, for me, I was at work, and I. But at the same time, uh, my coworkers, you know, they would. I would show them too because they listened to the show, and I was like, well, "So this is what's up with that puppy that you heard snoring." And oh man, just hearts were breaking left and right. She's back. She fought it out. Fuck yeah. Name. So she's a little stubborn. We. Uh, We've been through a lot of different names. Mabel was the name that the, the these wonderful people at the pet stop veterinary yes, clinic yes. were going for, right? Yes, I love Mabel. She won't respond to it. What does she respond to? Well, uh, she's really not responding to anything. She's stubborn. Well, she's been like drugged up, right? She's so like, I don't, you know, I'm sorry, I don't. Yeah, I've done some recreation drugs. Sometimes I don't respond to my own name. <laughs> she's on And road. she's brand new. And she's brand new. So, of course, I don't think she's going to be much responsive to anything right now. Well, they pounded so you're going to give, you're gonna have to give her some time. Yeah, they pounded into her head. And then they said that getting to know her personality when she was well, because we know her as this docile, sweet thing, that she's stubborn and bossy and... Uh, you know, just a handful. You na- so you should name her Travis Jr. Something. Something yeah. in the dog. I don't know if my wife really likes Travis for a girl, but... I think you should name her Travis Jr. Then you could call her Treju for short. Treju. That was quick thinking right there. Just came right together. That's <laughs> uh, a bit of a Simpsons throwback, but yeah. <laughs> Our puppy fought and won, and I'm, I hope everybody's happy to hear that. Today we were going to talk about fighting and losing. Yeah, and if you're not happy to hear about that, fuck you. Stop listening to the show right now. You're a piece of shit. Wow. That's where I stand on. I'm sorry. If you, you can't get behind this little puppy fucking making it through intensive care, yeah. fuck you. Yeah, you're kind of a meanie if you uh, aren't pulling for the puppy. Yeah. Um, All right. So tell me about forward. your story. I really want to hear because my story is, eh, what's your story like? Because you didn't have a story last week when we left. No, and I just recently kind of thought of it. I was thinking back to just my life. Um, I have a bit of a Bunker Hill. It was kind of a Bunker Hill moment in my life. As you know, I attended high school in Italy. Mm -hmm. And my senior year, while I was away visiting my dad on Christmas break in the D.C. area, uh, two girls had gotten arrested for shoplifting a carton of cigarettes. Now, if um, how do you do that? Aren't they always behind the counter? How do you even get back there to get them? Oh, this was back in the day. Oh, so, um, and at that point, um, okay, so we're over in Italy, and uh, we're there because of the United States government. So the onus is on us to be um, essentially ambassadors, be good examples of good of United States citizens to the Italians. And so if we ever get busted for something, there's always the threat of deportation. And as a child, obviously, um, you know, if you're 17 or under, uh, then it falls to the parent. And so there's pressure on the kids. If you get busted for shoplifting cigarettes, you know, not only is your entire family going to get deported, but your dad's probably going to get like assigned some shitty assignment 
he might lose a stripe, which say he just made sergeant, he's going to get busted back down to airman. Awesome pay. <laughs> yeah. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. So these girls just start blabbing, just saying, you know, they're scared. Mm-hmm. Um, they're brought in in front of military uh, interrogators. And so these girls are just like, we'll give you the names of everyone that does drugs on this base if you let us go. They rolled right over <laughs> yeah. shoplifting to drugs. Now, nice. now the lieutenant colonel um, who oversees the police and all of that on base, um, he's loving this because there's a new general coming in. And so he's just looking to kiss ass. And he's looking to make a, you know, polish his name for this guy. And he's a lieutenant colonel. He's not even a fucking colonel. You're a lieutenant colonel, you piece of shit. Mm. So this was a good story. Yeah. Oh, I fucking hate this guy. Me and him. We, we. So, <laughs> so we'll call him. Um, I think uh, you called him fucking asshole, Lieutenant Colonel. So we'll call him Lieutenant Colonel Asshole. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and this is all happening while I'm, like I said, in DC visiting my dad for some, um, for a Christmas break. So I come back and things just seem normal, you know, going back to school Next thing I know, all these kids are being dismissed from school. Well, where the fuck are they going? Um, well, the uh, special police want to interview them. About what? Um, about doing pot. Doing pot. Doing the pot. <laughs> right. We're already off to a bad start. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like in my head like, who gives a fuck what they do? Like, I get it. Like, if you're bringing pot on base and doing it. Well, actually, it wasn't pot. In Italy, it was hash. Um, like, if we actually saw green, we'd be happy. Like, oh, my God, dude. I haven't rolled a joint forever. Hash. Did, hash describe hash for it people. Basically, it looks like a chocolate bar. And then you um, essentially kind of crumble it. And then you make like a cigarette, like a tobacco cigarette. And you crumble it. And you kind of just lucky charm it into a cigarette. Just spreckle it in there, roll it up, and smoke a cigarette. And you get really fucking high. What kind of consistency is that? Because when I don't you know, can man. make it yourself at home. I don't know. I just know that it got you high as fuck. It was, was, it? It, was way, it was definitely stronger. At the time, at the time, it was stronger than weed. Oh, it's way stronger because usually hash is... You take a bunch of weed and it's like you concentrated. Boil it down. You extract the THC from it, and that's the hash. But over there, you're so close to kind of where it comes from, yeah. so to speak. Uh, you're getting a more professionally refined amount. I'm just curious what it was like over there. Was it like when you say chocolate bar? Was it that kind of consistency as well? It looked like a fucking chocolate okay. bar. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. We called it chocolate. That was our code name for it. Any chocolate? Was it expensive? No. No, okay. But um, at the same time, I had a lot of um, friends that kind of dealt in it, mm-hmm. so I didn't usually have to pay a lot or pay at all. Uh, you know, just people. And how old are you at this time? I had just turned 18. Okay, so it's not like it's a little 12-year-old running around. You're, right. you're an adult. Yeah, I'm an adult. Doing adult things. Right, and where we were at, we were on the foothills of the Alps, and all I wanted to do at the time... I wasn't really into like dating girls or anything like that. Like, I just wanted to fucking like go into the fucking Alps, smoke some fucking hash, and read some Kerouac. That's really weird. That's that's what I was into doing. Well, keep in mind, I was a teenage pregnancy, so I had my mom the whole time in high school. Like, you don't want to end up like me. You don't want to, you know. Right. You're looking at that pretty girl. You don't want to end up like me. Okay. It's not that I wasn't into girls. I just. Or scared away from them. A little scared away from them. And It'll ruin your life. Yeah. Kerouac could ruin your life, though, too. <laughs> yeah, Kerouac could. The guy died of, what, liver failure at 47? So. Yeah. <laughs> Obi-Wan. Yeah. So um, so that's all I was doing, and uh, that's all my buddy. You know, we would listen to music. We would play music. We'd have little experimental bands. And um, so these kids were getting called in, and it just reminded me so much of... Um, Arthur, is it Arthur E. Miller? Or just, we'll just call him Arthur Miller, the guy that was with Marilyn Monroe, the playwright that was with Marilyn Monroe for a while, uh, his play The Crucible about the Salem witch trials. And this thing went down exactly like it. Some girls got busted for some shit, and instead of fessing up to it, 
and just taking their punishment, they went, oh, no, 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 no. There are other people doing worse things. Let's blame them. And then they just start naming names, any name that comes to mind. And everyone, the fucking quarterback of the football team got pulled in. Uh, our six-year senior got in. That's when I got pissed off. Like, you're fucking, you're going after our fucking, re- fuck you. Only we get to make fun of our fucking retards. Only we get to make fun of our fucking six-year senior. Not right. you fucking military police. So they're pulling all these kids in based on what these girls say. Yeah. And so inevitably, I get called in. <sighs> Shock. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you look at me, I don't even like fucking smoke pot really anymore. And you look at me and people are just instantly like, pothead. Yep. <laughs> it's you Right now I'm looking at your Beavis and Butthead Great Corn Holio t-shirt that you're wearing. <laughs> and, you know, at our age, that's pretty much like, uh, you know, he gets Pot, down. He gets pothead. Yeah. yeah, pothead. And I'm not a pothead. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, so I get called in and... We're allowed no rights. We're allowed no attorney. Our parents can't even be in the same room. And they just fucking grill us. And I remember um, just kind of laughing at the military police because I could see their game. There was good cop. There was bad cop. And then they'd switch it up. And then, you know, like they would just switch up their tactics. And I could see it just, and the whole time, just, do you ever smoke? No. Well, we have all this evidence. Show me. Have you smoked? No. Have you? No. Can you give us the names of people that have? No. Well, uh, we have proof that uh, Rovereto was a town where we would go, and you mm-hmm. know that was kind of a hub town that we would go to. And I briefly, briefly went on some dates with an Italian girl out there. So what were you doing in Rovereto? Oh, uh, a girl I'm dating lives out there. Oh, really? What's her name? Oh. She's Italian. Oh, 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 oh. Um, never mind that. Yeah, that's right. Never mind then. And it just, where were you on this specific day? I remember they asked, where were you on this specific day? And it was the day I was taking the SATs. I was like, I was taking the fucking SATs. This is where we're spending our military do- dollars searching yeah. down pot crime by Pot crime kids. by, yeah, just kids going off <sighs> into the Italian economy and smoking pot just to make a lieutenant colonel look good. So they grill me, they get nothing, and then I have my hearing. How can you have a hearing based on no evidence other than pure hearsay? That's 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 what we're that's what's blowing everyone's mind. This is fucking the crucible. This is the Salem witch trials. Oh, your dad must have been just all kinds of pissed. My stepdad was just like, "What the fuck?" My mom was pissed. Our teachers were pissed. My principal was pissed. Everyone was pissed. Yep, and um, a lot of kids, the kids that got it the worst, there were kids that got deported because they were selling on base. For me, I kept it off base. You know what I mean? Because it was like, dude, you know, this, this is stupid. Like like I said, I know how to sneak into movie theaters. If I'm going to commit a crime, I know how to fucking, I'm, I'm going to commit it smartly. So how did the trial go? So once again, I'm allowed no representation. My stepdad is there. And his first shirt, which means like basically his superior officer, um, which is in, um, which is like basically like a higher sergeant than him at the time, mm-hmm. like not even like an officer. It was a uh, NCO, a non commissioned officer. And he was there. And there was just this board. Uh, the lieutenant colonel was there on the opposite of the table, end of the table as me. Uh, or opposite side. We weren't end to end. We were side to side. And he was right across from me. And I had this panel. There was like military psychiatrists on it. There were military, um, like basically lie to me people looking to see like if I was lying, mm-hmm. um, trying to read my face and the whole time just, so you know why you're here, if you smoked pot or anything like that? No. So you tell me you haven't, even though we have this mountain of evidence. Um, would you please show me the evidence that you have? No, we can't do that. Why can't you do that? I would like to know what's being brought against me. Can you render statements? Can you, can you give me statements that were said against me? No. Hmm. No, we can't do any of that. Well, as far as I'm concerned, then you have no evidence, and I have not smoked pot. So I should be free to go. Yeah. Goodbye. <laughs> And so we just back and forth it. 
Um, I can't remember the lie to me guy, the psychiatrist people, they were asking me questions and just the whole time I'm like, you've got no evidence. So no, 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 no. I'm a fucking congressman at this point. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. I haven't done shit. Stood strong in front of the face of a lot of fire. Yeah. And so at the very end, Lieutenant Colonel asshole looks me in the eyes and he's just like, all right. I'm going to give you one last chance. You look me in the eyes right now, and you tell me you haven't smoked pot at all here in Italy. And this is your last chance. This is your last chance to come clean. Confess. Mm -hmm. Confess, sinner. I just look this fucker square in the eyes, and I'm just like, I never once smoked pot in this fucking country. Drop the mic. (laughs) I'm gone. So you lied. I lied. <laughs> oh, I bald faced lied to the motherfucker. Right. But he's got no proof. Yeah. I and mean, this is bullshit anyway. Yeah, it's bullshit anyway. So uh, we walk out. And my uh, my stepdad's first shirt was just like, that was the most ridiculous waste of time <laughs> I've ever gone through. So uh, as I'm going out, um, fucking six year senior retard, he's fucking going in because his dad has the same first shirt as my stepdad. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's got to. So this poor fucking first shirt has to go in and go through another one of these things. Twenty year old super senior goes. And- <laughs> yeah. We called him Sloth. You right. know, he was he was very hey you guys, mm. and uh, that pissed me off that they fucking called him in. Like like his even had to go to the, like the fucking quote unquote trial. Um, this guy was just a fucking idiot. Um, there was there was no reason. Like really, you're gonna fucking put a retard on trial? Fuck you. So uh, about two weeks later, me and my buddy, um, I'll call him Moped, because mm. we rode around Italy. He had a moped, and we rode around Italy on it. And uh, fantastic moped driver, by the way. You know who you are if you're listening to this. And he, um, him and I, he was a year younger than me. He was a junior. And we both, uh, we were just waiting for it. And we knew essentially that judgment was coming to us. And... Uh, I remember the principal pulled me, and I was the. Uh, it was my final semester of my senior year, and I was the principal's aide because I'd already completed pretty much all my classwork. So like, you just had to take those like bullshit things that you do. The so boards well, they call them boards, right? Yeah, I don't know what they call them <clears> anymore, <throat> but you know. So my bullshit kind of class thing was uh, I was the principal's assistant for a period, which basically consisted of us drinking tea, talking books, and listening to records. Good gig. Yeah, great gig. And the principal's son, who was a sophomore, was one of my best friends out there. So they always had me over for, they introduced me to Couscous. Great people. Great family. And uh, I, I seriously, I couldn't have had a cooler fucking principal. Um, so he, um, one day I came in and he's like, so judgments are coming in. And I was like, oh man, so uh, how's it going to go? He's like, well, you're going down. I said, are you serious? He's like, yeah, but yours isn't as bad as my son's. He's one of my best friends. He's like, yeah, he's he's getting kicked out. We're, it actually turned out to be a great thing for him. He ended up enrolling in private uh, Italian school, learned Italian fluently, got a great education. Um, but a lot of those military kids didn't have that, 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 that chance, and a lot of kids got deported. And he said, well, actually, yours... You're going down. You're going to have to serve your time. And he looked at me. He's like, dude, I'm not stupid. I know what the fuck you guys are doing up in the attic. Going down means what? So I'm getting busted. Well, I know that. But I mean, like in terms of other so, people got kicked out of school. You're at the end of school. Uh, some people got kicked out of the country. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so mine was, I mean, I'm a senior. And I remember like, actually at one of my points in the court, like people were like, dude, this guy's like a figure in our community he uh one of my um bullshit kind of thing like i taught second and fourth graders um music i was a student teacher for music you know i'm i'm in jazz band i've won two gold medals for my school in speech and drama i'm in theater and i um oh i was captain of the knowledge bowl team i was the captain of the geeks Mm -hmm. like you know come on really you're gonna go after the captain of the fucking geeks so they um, so like, accordingly based upon my credentials, I got one month of barment from military establishments. So that meant like I couldn't go into the commissary and buy a sandwich, couldn't go into the BX and buy what the shitty clothing that they fucking sell in there anyway. 
Um, couldn't go to the movie theater. I looked at the movie schedule. Uh, there were no good movies showing that month anyway. So um, I just basically wasn't allowed to go on base for a month. So the reason I compare it to Bunker Hill is, yes, on paper, I lost. I got a punishment. I lost. But in the end, I kind of won. Okay, so this is the fight you lost? This is the fight I lost. Well, I, so you look at your whole life, and this is your only example of a fight you've lost. Uh, this is Well, I wanted to get creative with it. <laughs> well, actually, when we were talking off mic, you're like, I've never lost a fight. Yeah, I haven't. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> but that, that, How's that possible? But I consider that a loss. For me, that's a loss. That's a loss. It was a pyrrhic... Well, would it be a pyrrhic victory for the... Uh, it kind of was a pyrrhic victory for the government because... Yeah, okay, they got to bust a kid from their, you know, bar him for their establishment for like a month, which I didn't give a fuck. I was busy doing shit out in the Italian economy anyway. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Oh, I'm going to like, oh, I, I can't buy a CD at the BX. Yeah, I go to the fucking Italian economy anyway and buy records. Like, fuck you. So, um, so think about all the dollars they spent for this lieutenant colonel to look good. Just to like fucking bust me for a month and send think, a couple kids out of country. I would think even in when you're cleaning up the act of a canv- uh, of a military uh, compound like that, the fact that it would be discovered that this was rampant and that you had to send all of these people elsewhere and redo people's jobs and relocate people, I don't think that would make you look good at all. It's not even enough of a problem to spend our goddamn money on. Yeah, I know. Well, the funny thing, too, is like with all the kids that like were clearly doing it stupidly, like I remember that we were going to call the ACLU, we're going to, you know, and then his daughter, man, like, oh, God. Then, you know, they just perpetuated like the whole two girls that originally got caught and had no sentencing. You know, they just perpetuated the whole thing. Like, well, his son, who was like 20, like he goes out and gets drunk every night. Who gives a fuck? His daughter, who is like two, three grades younger than me, you know, she's like giving head behind the fucking library every day. Jesus Christ. And you're like, dude, no, they're not. Shut the fuck up. People take kids in the way that kids need to be redirected in a way that is just, it's too far. Children. Oh, oh, and I got public, uh, I'm sorry, I got community service as well, which. Uh, No proof, no evidence. uh, No proof, no evidence. I had to do. and it was like such a slap on the wrist too. I had to do four weeks, uh, two days. No, it was like two days a week. Three. It was like two, three days a week for like three, four weeks. I, and I knew the guy that worked at the library. And so I was like, hey, I got to do some community service. Can I come in and you know do this? He's like, yeah, no problem, dude. So basically my community service was, once again, fuck you, Lieutenant Colonel Asshole. This was my community service. I went and hung out at the library for three hours, which, once again, we just established that I was a fucking captain of the geeks. And you basically just sentenced me to like go to one of my favorite places on base, which I'm not allowed to go to any place on base, and read books for fucking three hours. Wow. That was, wow. Good, good use of government money there. Well, I have... Uh a little bit different story of a fight I lost. <laughs> All right. Um, I was kind of a principled young man, I would say, and I frequently stuck up for people that couldn't stick up for themselves. I was always taught to do that. My mom always, always, always told me, if you see someone that's weaker than you, you make sure to take care of them. Well, I uh, was kind of, I don't know, it's a chunk when I was growing up and I was also tall. And if you're a big guy, uh, and many of you guys that are, you know, five foot 10 or taller or in really good shape know this, you become sort of a target. Oh yes. I uh, learned this in Texas. You become that person in the bar or at the party or at school who is now a, uh, um, a challenge yep. for people that aren't as big. Yeah, yeah. You're the you're the big you're the big obstacle for uh, little dog syndrome to take down. Right. Yep. Yep. And I would find myself in that position a lot growing up. And since I had moved from my hometown and gone through a couple of other towns before ultimately landing in uh, Prior Lake for high school, I uh, I seem to attract a lot of assholes. <laughs> 
And I was not ever really a swing first person. Uh, If you are in a fight and you swing first, the probability of you winning the fight is much higher than if you're in a defensive posture. Much higher. Uh, The hockey fights that I've been in, I won a lot of them because I swung first. Yep, that will definitely put you in a in a good yeah. position. Well, I mean, you know, someone drops the gloves, that's an invitation. So, all right, I'm going to make sure I land the fucking first punch and take you, you know, I'm going on the offensive. But <laughs> in general, in life, I'm not a swing first person as well. So what you're saying is correct. Uh, usually swing first person, they, they get the benefit of the doubt. They have the upper hand, and if they land it, it's, it's rough. Yeah, unless you're Bruce Lee. Have you ever wanted to have that Bruce Lee moment where you get fucking punched in the face, and then, like, your head kind of, like, turns to the side? And then you just slowly stare back at him, and you're like, Whoa. and well, just kind of lick the blood, like dripping from. I didn't make that noise, but more times than not, the other side would land the first punch because I really was not a swing first person. Right. Most of the time, I was more worried about the person that I was going to get in the altercation with than I was about myself. So you were afraid of massacring them. I was just afraid that. Um, I've just seen it enough times throughout my life where people get involved in a physical altercation and people really get hurt. Yeah, people do. They get knocked out. They lose their teeth. They have broken stuff. And Mm -hmm. even you, the person fighting, can break your hand. You can just have a freak thing. Maybe they have braces at that age. You punch them in the face. I had braces. braces, Yeah, Yeah. I had braces. So um, years, you know, throughout the years, I've... I've uh, I've won more than I've lost, but I can say I've lost a few fights. And on this particular occasion, I'm going to talk about something where I don't know if you can say that I lost the fight or won the fight because I didn't participate in the fight. So I'm about 23, okay. 24, 23. And uh, I am tasked with staying at my parents' house while and, and I'm looking after my, uh, let's see, my... 19-year-old brother, my uh, 15-year-old sister, and my 16-year-old brother. Right. My, my role there is just to just kind of be there on a Friday night and uh, you know make sure nothing gets too crazy. So yeah. I invite some of my friends over to the same age, and we're playing cards, kicking back drinks, and uh, my sister's having a slumber party downstairs. And uh, my little brother, uh, whose special needs, is actually in his room playing video games. And he's 16 at this point? And he's 16. The one that I met on Easter? Yep. Okay. And you can see he's pretty heavily disabled. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, uh, we've talked about him before on the show. Yeah, and he makes no bones about it. Yep. Fetal alcohol syndrome, lots of issues. My family adopted him at birth, and so we've been taking care of him ever since. Mm -hmm. Well, my sister... With her young friends, it, of course, attracts my brother and his friends because they want to be where the girls are. Right. And uh, my little brother, who is uh, special needs, mm-hmm. is um, excited to go out and see his older brother's friends because when you're disabled, you don't have a lot of friends. Right, right. And you've seen Justin. He'll come out and start talking to you right away. And Oh, yeah. After last week's show, actually, I was surprised. We were walking out of here, and he was in the and just instantly, like, he's just, hey, come have a cigarette with me. Come on, come on. And I'm like, dude, I'm on photosensitive medication. I don't want to be, like, he had, like, two in a row, and he's smoking, like, 100. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, dude. I have to repeat. I'm unfo- like, I can't say I'm gonna fucking burn to a crisp if I stand out here much longer. Yeah, he's a, he's a talker. So yep. he goes outside to talk to my brother, and my brother's out outside with you know close friends of his friends of his that we've known for a long time. And one of the friends is Mike, my little brother's best friend. Okay. And while I'm at the table, I'm there with like four people. Is Obi Wan there? Uh, Forehead, confetti, uh, any of those usual suspects? You know, I don't think they were. It was a different set of friends at the time. It was a different crew. Because okay. I, I, had, I had lived with Forehead at the time, and I, uh, he and I owned a house together at the time. So you guys weren't talking at that time? And, uh, no, we were talking. Oh, you were talking? Yeah, Forehead and I were the best of friends for a long time. It was, you know, well, that's a story for another time. Right. Uh, Obi Wan just worked a lot, and he had a was taking care of Future Man. That's so right. So he wasn't around as much. So he just had Future Man. Right, right. I had another gaggle of people there that, you know, okay. we may or may not mention later. But so my little brother, my disabled little brother, comes in the front door, he's screaming bloody murder, and he had been assaulted by one of my older, younger brother's friends. And so I storm outside and I push the kid to the ground. I'm like, what are you doing? What are you 
yeah, you cracking don't, on a disabled one, kid. Yeah, once him. again, yeah, you don't make fun of our fucking. Yeah. yeah. So he's embarrassed because I've pushed him down in front of all of his friends, and he's got another friend there who's probably like about five six. He's just this little guy, right? Yeah. And how tall are you at the time? I'm six two. Yeah, because you're two, taller than me. Yeah. yeah. I'm probably at that time. I'm probably about two fifty. All right. And I'm more muscle than fat. And that, so yeah. I'm, I'm a big guy. And uh, this little guy starts kind of yipping at me. He like wants to lock up with me, you know. And yeah. I, I'm really not interested in this little kid at all. Right. Like like you're gonna bark, you know? Just stop barking, little yeah, dog. I, I don't even recognize who the kid is. He's yeah. like trying to defend his six foot two friend who I like, pushed <laughs> he just to the ground. Pushed out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really talking about my little brother. Right. And I'm probably I don't know a couple of I'm a couple of drinks in. It's about nine thirty at night or so. Yeah. Uh, my sister's downstairs and they're watching, you know, a bunch of girl movies or whatever. Spice World, yeah. what and have you. Th- this group takes off. He's mad or whatever that I've embarrassed in front of his friends. He takes off. And I don't really think twice about it. Right. You know? Get the fuck out of here. The push, the push was more like, don't slap a retarded kid. Yeah. Like, seriously, you don't fucking make fun of our retards. Right. You don't <sighs> fucking do that. I wouldn't necessarily... Put it that way, because <laughs> Justin is a, a... Oh, dude, that kid can handle... Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah. he... Uh, but he's, he's... He calls himself that, so that's why Travis is speaking with that vernacular. Yeah. Uh, but he, uh, he, he hit him hard. I mean, you could see that... You know, I don't know if he was drunk or drinking or what. But I mean, yeah, because your brother's a big kid. Yeah, six five, probably yeah, two eighty. So he can handle him. He yeah. can handle himself. And so, if he runs to you with a problem, you know, there's a fucking problem. Uh, he stubs his toe. He's, <gasps> you know, he's, <laughs> he can't. He can't emotionally he's emotional. handle it. Yeah, he's yeah. emotional. So this passes, and I forget about it ever even really happening. My little brother goes back to playing games. My sisters with their friends. My little brother's taken off with all his friends. I'm not worried about it. And with this little group, I decide to have a great time because okay. everything's handled. I probably drink a bottle. Right. You just look at them scramble. They're gone. Let's yeah. Let's, yeah. Ha- let's get on with the fucking evening. I'm so comfortable that I pass out on a couch in the living room, drunk. I am drunk. We've all been there. I get up. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, now my little brother's returned home with one or two of his friends, and he says that there's three, four people out on the porch that say, if I don't come out, they're coming in to my parents' home. Why does your brother fucking do that? And well, uh, Like, is he an asshole? Um, my little brother and I are very close, and I think my little brother got put into a situation where, um, you know, he's surrounded by all of his friends that whole night. His, his big brother's come out and been an asshole or whatever to his friends. Uh, you know, my little brother's caught in the middle. Okay. I don't know if my little brother's outside dealing with it or what. It's actually one of his friends that says so. so you're I, just being awoke into some shit. But I'm drunk. I'm right. way drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm surprised they woke me up, frankly. But I was worried about the little girls in the house. And I was also worried about my little brother dealing with this group of his own friends turning on him. Right. So I get up and I get outside and I'm like, what's the deal? And you're not going to do this and you aren't going to do that. And they're 18 year olds puffing their chests and shit. Yeah, yeah. Basically saying, you're not going to push our guy. Right, right. Yeah. And then the littlest guy comes over and he's like trying Five to. Five foot six again? Yeah, he's trying to like tackle me and I'm kind of like hopping on a foot. Like I'm not even entertained by it. It's a joke. <laughs> it's a joke. I think this kid's name is Chris, Chris K. Yeah, we'll call him five six. Yeah, he's, he's you know <laughs> you're five six. He, he's just he's a laughable specimen of a person, right? And so uh, there's a not that there's speed. anything wrong with being five six, but well, this if you're five six, don't com- go after someone that's six two. Right. In in the comparison, you know, it, yeah. it's a laughable matchup. Right. But I've got also in front of me his friend, uh, Mister G. We'll call him Mister uh, G. His first name's Bo, and his last name starts with a G. And then there was another guy there named Jake, and his right. last name starts with a B. We'll identify who they are. But Jake, Jake is not a little dude. All right. Jake is a, for 18, Jake's built like a 24-year-old, 25-year-old there's some, Yeah, there's those guys yeah. that just, like, developed early yeah. where you see them and you're like, uh, as a, like, a 34-year-old, I'll see 18-year-olds now that just make me go, like, I shouldn't be afraid of them. But I am. Right. Jake, Jake's a formidable challenge. Jake's right. big, strong, fast, likes to fight. Okay. And I'm aware of this. And even though he's four or five years younger than me, he's at the peak physically. I mean, he's. Yeah. So I'm concerned about him, but I'm drunk, dude. I am so drunk. Yeah. And while this little kid's messing with me, I'm keeping my eyes on the bow and the Jake. Yeah. And uh, he pushes me onto a 10 speed that's fallen down, mm-hmm. and I fall over onto the bike. 
And right. so I've got this little kid on me, and these people start to try to stomp on me while I'm on the ground. The fuck? My little brother's like trying to contain it. But now uh, my brother came to the house with two friends, and then there was my little brother, and then these three guys came over with a fourth and maybe fifth person in what a car. Fuck? Where the fuck is this going? Uh, what okay, the, so yeah. it, to me... Where did this come from? It's either my little brother and myself against these six or seven guys, or maybe it's me all by myself. Uh, me against the world. Yeah. Now, I have a friend over at the time who's about six foot four, okay. 300 pounds, mm-hmm. who could wipe the floor with all of them. Division two football player, massive man, out of college. All right. Um, he had met these people at the door. Mm-hmm. before and i'm passed out on the couch when i get up he and, and i go outside to deal with them he goes inside why i don't know <laughs> dude he just left me and my brother outside just i didn't don't know. have your back i don't know what the deal was um he said he was going inside going inside to see if anybody else had come into the house and to look after my little sister or whatever okay so so basically like he's like <clears throat> the guy that like stays behind with the women and children well, i don't know i mean he's uh, this man this friend of mine he could throw up 400 500 pounds on a bench press and yeah. and eat a cupcake while he was doing it. i mean he's he is a strong powerful if he hits you once You'd probably break your face, dude. So you're going down. Yeah, okay. So um, <clears throat> so while I'm trying to keep track of these guys that are in front of me and I go down and these people are stomping on me, he's nowhere to be found. Mm-hmm. My little brother's trying to get him to stop. And I'm saying to this kid that's tackled me to keep his head down so he doesn't get hurt. I say that to him. I'm like, right. keep your head down. You're gonna yeah, get hurt. yeah. Because I'm really... Yeah, you're still going to take... I'm drunk, but yeah. I'm starting to kind of, even though I don't have my faculties... Uh, physical faculties, my mind's starting to go, okay, this is, this could be bad. Right. This could be bad. Right. And, uh, Jake doesn't appear. One of the people that is involved in this, all that jazz to be doing this, Mm -hmm. but the Bo and the Chris, they're excited. Mm -hmm. Um, I get up on my feet and now everyone's yelling. So now my little brother's yelling. We're surrounded by all of his friends and I don't know which friends are loyal to my little brother Mm -hmm. and which ones are all, Gonna because the person that's in part part of this thing things got person. things got very Game of Throny right here. Though. Yeah, he's really kind of the leader of this group of friends. So mm-hmm. you didn't know how it was gonna go, and now all of a sudden, my little sisters and her friends have come upstairs. Oh shit! So I have this Chris person in front of me. Excuse me. He's I getting have, excited. This I have this bow person to the right of me. I have this Jake person to the right of me. I have another person who's now out of their car coming towards us, and I have two people behind me. And I have my friend behind me. So when, this, when they start yelling at me from the right, I start to look to the right. The moment I look to the right, I'm, kind of, I'm still walking forward towards this little guy. And the little guy hauls off and he just fucking cracks me. What the fuck? Cracks five, me. six? Five, six comes up. He must have had a three-step walk to come and do <laughs> He wound up. My friend says nothing. Not look out, not hey, not anything, and I'm drunk. Just lets it happen. Yeah, I'm drunk. And he hits me, and I go down. I just, I fall down to my knee and kind of rolled onto my butt, but I'm not like... Man, you have to be careful, too, taking... Was it a headshot? Oh, it was right underneath my left eye. Oh, God, you have to be careful, because, like, you can die. I actually saw a man die in Gettysburg, Pennsylvania once, because he was so drunk, he took a headshot. He died later that night. Well, I'm glad I did not die. Yeah, me too. Um, now when I get hit, I kind of spring up and I'm real foggy, you know, cause I mean, I just took a you full clocked. blown clock. Right. But I'm not angry. I'm not at a point where I want to fight and it's not because I think I can take this twerp or not. Uh, or if I'm going to win and beat Jake or people, if I'm, you know, that's not really what's going through my mind. What's going through my mind is I've got these children that are here. I'm responsible for the house. I've got my disabled little brother inside, and I've got a potentially toxic situation where now my little brother could get hurt. Right. At the time, we live in a house that's not in a neighborhood. We live in a house that occupies a corner of highway in the rural part of our town, and our driveway is a good... 600 steps from the street to our door covered in woods. I mean, you could murder someone there and you'd never know. Right. I don't know who else is in the car. And I'm st- I, and I'm I'm on the verge. Now I don't know my little sisters in high school. I had a feeling they were maybe doing something inappropriate, like had stolen a bottle or were drinking wine or were doing something. But whatever, kids, yeah. You know, they're 15. <clears throat> so my options are to call the police, which could get my sister and all of her friends in trouble. Right. You don't want that. Get involved in this fight. And I don't care who you are. 
anything one on one, it's not movies. When it's two on one, you it's hard to defend yourself. Yeah, it is. My little brother and I were facing three to one, maybe worse. Yeah. And these are all of my little brother's dearest friends. And I'm drunk. Yeah. I'm real drunk. So I'm not I'm not looking real good here. Right. So I opt to lose the fight. Okay. I opt to say just leave. Just, just leave. get out of here, just leave. You got your punch. Right. Well, these young men feel like they have slayed the dragon and run all around <laughs> our town like, oh, we just kicked the shit out of their brother and da 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 and go on and on and on. But to me, there was no fight to be had there. It was right. there was even though I was wasted, what was I gonna do? Right. You know, like which way was this gonna go beyond them just leaving? Right. So you took basically you just took it for the team. Sure. I didn't know if my little brother had been drinking. He told me that these kids were all doing drugs. Now I know these kids' parents. Right. I today work with some of these kids' parents. <laughs> now you should know that two of the individuals that were involved, the Chris and Bo, later on in their twenties decided to go to prison for various acts that were unbecoming of adults. Okay. So, I mean, it wasn't like we were dealing with top-tier people here, but their parents right. are rich, wealthy parents, prominent figures in our town. Uh-huh. And um, my parents were friends with their parents. You know, there was no way this was going to go. I wasn't going to reach over and grab this kid that's five six because he punched me once and beat the shit out of him and looked good. I'm right. 23. Also, I, my little brother's old for his grade. Right. I'm 23. I'm thinking I'm dealing with minors. Yeah, that's a trick. I, I was in a situation. Fortunately, it got resolved. Um, well, it got resolved with violence, but I wasn't the one that threw the punch. So, Well, I wasn't going to be the adult that was going to beat on minors. It wasn't right. until after all the dust settled I found out that the person that actually hit me was an adult and that I you know, I potentially could have. You could have retaliated. And you know, the, the thing that was the hardest about it, Okay, the thing that was because so when you're a big brother, yeah, because you, 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 I can see it in your eyes right now. Like you're salty about this. I was salty about it because it was when you're a big brother, your your siblings look at you like you're sort of a superhero in a way. You know, you're right, kind right, of the you're, you're and you're indestructible, right. And so for them to have to watch me in that position was yeah. tough for them. And um, like Superman died. And I remember coming inside and my little brother looking at me and he knows I'm big. He knows I'm strong. He's seen me fight before. He wants to know from me, why didn't you just kick his ass? Yeah, I could see your brother asking that question. You know, I could see him asking that question. I don't mean Justin. I mean my older brother. Oh, the other one. His friends. Because I could see Justin asking that question. Yeah, no, Justin was happy. Justin was really sad that I had to have this happen to me because I stuck up for him. Right. But my brother, who's with his friends, because he's all still jacked up on adrenaline and so forth, he's wanting to know, you know, why why didn't you at least beat his ass? Yeah. And I'm like, well, they're minors, number one. Number two, you know, and I'm drunk. Right, I'm drunk and inside. Right, I don't this really is, have. This doesn't good, look good. No, yeah. I don't. I don't have a good reason that they. He's going to understand at the time. Right, and my sister's upset, and uh, you know her friends have watched all this go down. I think that they find. I think that in their mind, I lost and made them look bad. <laughs> you know, because they're okay. all in school. Like, this yeah, this is the big deal. protector guy. Yeah, and in my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I went outside to protect our little brother. And when the rubber met the road, I was all by myself against all these dudes. Right. What What did you think was going to be the smart move here? You know, I'm going yeah. to go out. I'm going to go out swinging, losing teeth, and getting. You know, it was been a lot worse. Okay, little guy punched me. Move on with your night. Yeah. And everybody's like, going to get yeah, minor I, consumptions. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. I took a fucking shot from a, a little guy. Big deal. Now I learned a lot about that. Yeah, I was about to say. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll, what's the moral of this story? Well. As time's gone on, um, I've had a chance to watch other people in similar situations in the fallout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can tell you that I wasn't always very nice to my little brother's friends. Okay. And part of the reason I wasn't nice to them is they were always lying. You know, they were all into drugs, all into drinking, all into getting into trouble. Yeah, it's tough were, to deal with liars. I have, I, have, I have very, very, very little tolerance for liars. They didn't command a lot of my respect. And, they, they command no of my respect, liars. And I think in their mind, they felt like they'd gotten a little bit back that night. They got yeah. a little bit more, more of my respect for them. But in essence, that really was, it hadn't entered my mind in that way. I was really mostly concerned about my little brother and my little sister and, 
hoping that in the end those things worked out for them, that I didn't embarrass them. I don't think they understood the choices that I had to make that night. But some nights you have to decide if a loss is a win. Right. Nobody knows. It's like when you decide on New Year's Eve that you're not going to grab your keys and drive because there's going to be too much, too many drunks on the road. So you wake up the next morning, everything's fine. You don't appreciate the gravity of the decision you made because everything's fine. Right. Because you could have gone out and been killed. Yeah, I have those 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 kids didn't receive minors. Their lives didn't go a different way. Um, I didn't turn. I mean, that could have turned into a bad deal. Right. Let me tell you, there are two gentlemen that I would have tangled with that night that were formidable. Right. One-on-one. My little brother could have gotten real hurt. The sad part about it was there was a fallout in the friendship. I mean, my little brother wasn't friends with them again after that. He was, you know, like their close friendship went to, hey, what's up, you know? Yeah. And maybe that night, maybe the fact that that rift occurred kept my little brother from getting into the kind of trouble that sent those guys to prison. Yeah. I mean, I don't know all of it, but I can tell you that to this day, that moment in my mind where I wanted to get up and just kick all kinds of ass mm-hmm. is, is so hard that I didn't do it then. It was so hard. I was drunk. I don't know how I maintained my composure, but all I thought about was the people I was trying to protect when that whole thing happened. So both of us, actually, so you kind of said, well, wait a minute, you didn't lose. We both, we both bunker hilled it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm less... Uh, less astute in this area bunker hill meaning we bunker hill did how all right so when the um english went to take the town of boston we made a stand at bunker hill yep which actually it wasn't bunker hill i think it was called like culp's hill or something like that technically bunker hill is not actually where it's anyway anyway that's just semantics but the battle of bunker hill uh, long 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 story short uh, we kicked the shit out of the british mm-hmm. but they just kept throwing wave after wave of us eventually we ran out of ammo and we had to get the fuck out of there. So the British took the fucking hill. So on paper, it was a victory, but they lost so many lives to take this little fucking hill that really the American colonists got the job done. They did their job. They got it done. Yeah, they lost the battle, but they really didn't. And um, Lost the, the battle, won the war? Yeah, yeah. And it was what you call a Pyrrhic victory. Oh, there was a popping pee right there. It was a uh, it was a Pyrrhic victory for the uh, British Army. A Pyrrhic victory being like, um, you took the hill, but and yeah, on paper you won, but you suffered more damages than what it was worth. Sure. Like, all right, we went up, you know, with ten thousand men to take this hill. We took the hill. Yeah, only fifty are left standing, though. Yeah, it was it was a sh- it was a. It, it was a shameful night in in the fact that uh, um, I maybe let it escalate to that point. I probably should have been more responsible, but I didn't know. I'd had these problems with this guy picking on my retarded brother before, and I just had it. Right. And I didn't really hurt him when I went out to correct him. I might have embarrassed him, but I didn't hurt him. And how he didn't think it was embarrassing in his own right, picking on a retarded kid is beyond me. Yeah, yeah, that's... Like like I said earlier, you just don't fucking pick on retards. <laughs> it's a terrible deal. So, anyway, I, anyway, yeah. So we bunker hilled it this yep. week. Um, yep. I'm going to Texas. Yes, and I will be back. You know, the show's gonna the show's gonna go on. Uh, we do. Uh, we're gonna try to actually start getting these out earlier to you on Tuesday. That's a goal. That's something we've talked about. Um, that way, you know, you're not getting it. Have to stay up late on Tuesday. We'd like to, uh, we'd like for East Coasters to have a nice drive into work on Tuesday, and we'll see if we can actually get it out on Monday. We're going to try to move some things around so you guys have more time to kind of get get on these things. Now we did say last week. Now we're at about an hour, and we're going to try to keep these shows shorter. So I'm going to make my suggestion this week something that I'm into that I think you guys should look into in terms of music, movie, show, whatnot. I found a movie a few years ago with Christian Bale in it called Equilibrium. <laughs> And it is a crazy style Matrix movie. If you're not a Christian Bale fan, you might like, like me. Travis is not. You might want to ignore it. But it is a fun action thriller, and you should check it out. I could go into more about it, but like I said, we're trying to keep this show trim and fit. Travis, yours is going to be uh, uh, the film by Jim Jarmusch called Down by Law. Uh, All star fucking cast has Tom Waits. It has Roberto Benigni, and of course John Lurie. Where can they find it? 
online, I guess. Equilibrium is uh, this is a, this is yeah this is a um, it's not like a Netflix or a thing or anything like you'll have to find it. It's a it's a Criterion uh, collection. So maybe even YouTube, they might be able to find it on YouTube. Uh, you'll find clips, but uh, I don't know where you'll find it. But that's what I like. All right, well, we're going to keep it short this week. Thanks for those of you that were cheering for our little Dana. I hope we have her named. God, that's shameful. And Travis, your wedding for your sister. That's next week on Friday. So as you're hearing this, I am, what, we're going to drop it on Tuesday, early in the day for you East Coasters. And uh, so as you're listening to this, I will probably be tacoing it in Texas because that's what we do on Tuesdays. At least that's what I do. I taco and I win life attacks. (laughs) Well, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, and you're going to go, and everybody have a good week, and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. Why don't you follow us on Twitter at When Life Attacks or Facebook When Life Attacks Podcast, or you can look directly at our blog, which is whenlifeattackspodcast.com, where you can view our complete list of social media. If you prefer to keep it simple, you could just email us at when life attacks at gmail.com. Fuck you. Fuck cock. Shit. Hey, back off. You better get those tits out of my face or I'll show you my tits. What are you doing? Working on my trash talk. You know, to get respect from the other inmates. Let me hear some of it. Uh, all right. <clears throat> hey, pal. I'm about to tear you a new ass. You got to do a little better than that, Jay. Hey, I'm about to tear you a new ass and sew up your old ass. Okay, all right. I'm gonna punch you in the fuck. I'm gonna make you my bitch's bitch. You're gonna be my grand bitch. Yeah, you're about to get 20 likes on InstaFuck. If I see you around here again, I'm gonna put a hashtag on your ass and see how many hits it gets. Hmm? Oh my God. Hope you brought your Costco card because you're about to get dick in bulk. What if this is so dark?